0: The following is a feature podcast from Crime Network, where we spell crime with a Y. Discover new shows and top charting mysteries, all in one place. But here is the twist. We don't just stick to crime. Take a break and listen to comedy as well. Crime Network, your ultimate destination for crime stories and a much needed comedy break. Visit crimenetwork.com today. Crime with a Y. You're listening to Drowning Verdict. Be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform. We don't want you to miss out on an important case or update. If you haven't already, pull the trigger and subscribe.
1: Talking the Long Island serial killer today. Important news, breaking news in this case, where they've identified not just the bodies, but a killer. And it's been over 10 years. So I'm talking about that today here on DV. This is Chip Mahoney. I wanna welcome you to my true crime show where I talk about fascinating cases just like this one. I go more in depth with case. So high fives for joining me today. You might've found me on my TikTok, where I've got some clips there of the show, but if it led you over the crime network, that's a good place to be. I'm there other shows to discover and some of the biggest names as well to listen to those episodes, be part of the network and even react. So you can be on a show, check it out. Crime network crime with why otherwise drowning verdict is featured on Spotify. You can get it wherever you get your favorite pods out there in the Podverse the known universe where all that content swirls about. Well, I am there to provide maybe a unique angle, a new idea, definitely a topic of combo to keep the conversation going on open and active cases, important cases just like this one. And so in this episode, I've called it Born and Raised on Long Island, Rex Huerman, He is now known as Lisk, the Long Island serial killer. That's what cops are saying big news there. And so I'm going to get into this today, but I'm also going to talk about something that I mentioned probably over two years ago about Lisk because I've done several episodes really kind of when I was first starting out, that was something that reminded me of the uh, Green River Killer. And in one of those episodes from a long time back on Drone Verdict, I said that this guy had ties to NYC. And I'm going to get into that and also tell you something about where I think these killings had happened, the killing grounds. Not where things were scattered, uh, bones and so forth, but the killing grounds. Those were points that I brought up probably two years ago. And I might not be 100% right, but it's a reason to stick around. And so if you've heard me before, and it wasn't just a drive-by, as I like to say, you're pulling a crossover SUV back around on me, dropping the clip. Uh, you know, I really appreciate that. Know that I try to get bigger and better for you each and every time, often to give you a reason to be in here. And I think I've got pretty good reasons today because there's a lot of news on this right now. Um, as I say, the news is always the last to know, but the first one to say that they are the first ones to know. So there's all this groundwork. It's been 10 years. It's been 12 years. Some of the points I've made on my podcast, probably other podcasts as well, interesting points and a lot of suspects along the way. But today, the suspect is Rex Heuermann. And like I said, in a few minutes, I'm gonna get into this stuff. And I think it's gonna be well worth your time. We're gonna get in, get out, get back to your summer, get back to your projects, maybe even get back to the beach, but stay on the beach, don't go in the water, especially in Long, uh, Long Island, where there's a lot of sharks out there, but there's a shark on land, not too far from Gilgo Beach and the victims. But like I said, if you've heard me before, you might have heard that I talk about Crime Network, Crime with a Y. You can find me there, other really cool podcasts, and some of the biggest names as well. Just listen, check it out. And we've even got comedy there as well, so you can take a comedy break from all the bad news. So if you've uh, got so much crime on your mind, you can take a break for a while. Crime Network, Crime with a why. So here we are today. It's July 14th, 2023. And yeah, just yesterday was January, wasn't it? And you were just celebrating uh, the holidays and so forth. And now here we're in July. And when you blink again, it's going to be December. Because as you get older, things just move so much more quickly. It's not like when you were in school and young, and you're always looking at the clock on the wall, and it wasn't even moving when you were in class. But now, tick, 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 and it just goes so fast. So in this case, 10 years could have turned into 20 years with a snap of a finger. And so here we are today, a name, Rex Hewerman, an architect from NYC, in fact, had been in Manhattan for over 40 years, even boasted about that of, I guess, what a New Yorker he was. Well, I did say a couple years ago, I want to say it was about two years ago, I'd have to go back in the catalog to look at some of those earlier episodes, and I said, this guy, has uh, the killer, Long Island Serial Killer, has ties to NYC. And you know what? I had some few ideas about the subs- suspects here. I had a few names that w- weren't in the press, I had just people that I had thought about because I had done a lot of research but I didn't take it any steps further to that, to try to ID people. And this guy, Rex Hureman was not on the list. And this is a DNA case. So this DNA does match up as they say, but I always said, or I always thought that he had ties to New York city. And I thought that he was pretty well off. I thought that he uh, certainly was probably married, probably had a life, probably grew up on Long Island, probably was within half hour to an hour of the victim dumping sites along Gilgo Beach and so forth, all those maps that you can look at online. But one of the things that I said, along with that tie to NYC, where I think he lived and worked and really kind of made his mark on the world, as far as being born and raised in Long Island, but making something of himself, I thought NYC. And, uh, you know, sure enough, this guy's in Manhattan for over 40 years. He has an architecture firm, his own firm, works as a consultant, has pretty big clients and so forth. One of the key aspects here, I said, was that the killer had a killing ground, meaning that I thought that he had his house where he lived, possibly in a different area of uh, Long Island along, um, I don't know it too well, but maybe within a half hour to an hour of the dumping sites but where they were killed where they were lured to or uh, tour <laughs> lured to twist of the tongue from craigslist on their phones meet me let's do this maybe it's for sex maybe it's just for talk whatever it was that there was a killing ground that there was an office somewhere there was a property somewhere that was secondary to his home that he had access to. So in the case of an architect, I can imagine that it could be something related to his design business. Maybe he did own some real estate, because when you think of architecture, you think of design, you think of real estate, and maybe that's what he had available to him to lure the victims into his domain where he had a lot of privacy, where he could um, possibly take over when they were drugged or asleep and i said before on a podcast long ago not to fall asleep on lisk i believe that he would lure the victims over have some drinks maybe have intercourse but i do think he invited them to stay the night and when they were asleep is when they were killed i don't think that they were awake and killed i think they were they were asleep and in this property i could imagine it could be uh, property related to the architecture design firm. It could have been the office or an extended office somewhere that he had access to, but it was off of his property. Therefore, his hands weren't dirty, if you will, and there was a lot of privacy. So I always believed that this guy was somebody that was in his, um, you know, that typical range of over 35. So if we're looking at somebody who is, I believe, 59 years old today, over 10 years, going back 12 years, you're in your mid forties. So that's what I thought 35 upwards of 50 years old. Um, typical range for somebody who would be a serial killer. Um, <clears throat> white male, um, married, kids, success, maybe it's limited success. Maybe it's uh, fantastic success somewhere. I don't know. But for this guy, I think it was somewhere in between. Uh, I do think he made his mark and name for himself and his firm, has some pretty big clients and so forth. Well-respected, I would say. And that's what I kind of thought for these people on Craigslist, quote-unquote, sex workers, to interact with him, to visit him. But I think they always went to a separate property somewhere. Maybe they'll find out that it was a property um, maybe related to real estate and architecture. Maybe he owned some properties. I don't know. But that's what I always thought. And I always thought that they spent time together. They possibly did what they were there to do. But I always thought it was an invitation to stay over and then just leave in the morning. And I think when they fell asleep is when they were killed. I don't think that they were awake. I don't think this guy, the architect, was somebody who would kill or even knew how to kill somebody or could take that um, typical serial killer approach without them being drugged or asleep. Cause I think they were attacked when they were asleep, made it much easier for him to do what he was going to do, possibly through strangulation or other methods. I don't know, but his DNA was left, uh, amazingly, they had found traces of DNA and <clears throat> who knows how that happened. Uh, there's, things coming out in the future with DNA, like environmental DNA, which they call eDNA. And that means that the killer doesn't even need to leave a physical trace, that the environment can pick up the DNA. And somehow, somehow they're able to do that. So maybe there's some new techniques here that they put it uh, together in order to solve this, or at least make a significant arrest, because now it's going from this mystery to learning more about how things had happened. Another key point I wanna leave you with here and what I thought was really important in this case, and I think it was probably a year ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, but they got a new sheriff in town. They got a new leader as a sheriff in one of the counties there. I think it might've been Nassau. I'd have to look it up, but I know somebody moved in and took over like a new sheriff in town, and they focused on this case. And I tend to think that just like a lot of cold cases that go 30, 40 years, that when you get set of fresh eyes on it and somebody that's dedicated say, hey, you know what? Even though this is old, it's at the top of the list. And you get that um, kind of that fresh approach. And I think that might have something to do with this. So we'll find out more about how they got to the DNA and how they made those links and how that all happened. But what a relief to have a name attached to the Long Island serial killer. And I believe that this is gonna stick because this has been a long time. And this guy certainly fits what I had thought about in the back of the mind of the type of individual that you would be looking for here. Somebody that had ties to Long Island, but also had ties to NYC. And I thought that New York City was a place where he made his living, maybe even made a name for himself. And quite frankly, with some of the suspects I had on my list, they were some pretty big names. They were well-known names even. And I go, you know, if I say something about this person, I, I'd really have to have a lot of evidence. And I don't normally do that. So it was just kind of in the back of my mind. But this one fits. Um, I think as far as the tie to the burlap, sacks, and the, the, the materials that were found with the bodies, I think they're going to find out more about that. Um, but I always just thought it was somebody that had knew, uh, known about oyster farming, had grown up in that environment, but really had moved away a little bit in order to make their mark on the world but they still had ties back and forth. And that way this person was very familiar with the highways and the byways and the dumping grounds and all the remote spots, how to go to and fro. And I think one of the things that kept this guy off of the hot list, uh, of people or even anyone that could be identified is the fact that by using burner phones and a separate office somewhere or a separate property and an alias, and then just getting these people who are kind of living on the fringes of society anyways, through Craigslist, through most of the time sex work or other aspects of that work where they might just meet with uh, clients and talk to them, not just to give them company, I don't know, but just living on the fringes there. And he could bring them into a territory in which he controlled, but it wasn't his main territory where he could really be identified and linked to. And i think that made sense and my prediction i just wonder if they'll this will match up i don't know but i do think that these victims were asleep when they were killed and that's why i said in a previous episode long ago when i kind of first started out i said don't fall asleep on lisk well thanks for not falling asleep here Uh, this is kind of a quick episode for dv i'm excited that there's been some movement here and we'll find out more on a daily basis. I'll probably have more of a wrap-up episode on this as well. But for now, I'm out and I can get back to the beach and I can just chill there without going in the water because there's sharks in the water and there's some sharks on land. you got to figure out how to avoid them. Thanks for checking me out. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us on this gripping journey into the world of true crime. New episodes of Drowning Verdict are released every two weeks, so pull the trigger and subscribe if you have not already done so. Don't forget to catch Verdict Friday, our exclusive video show every Friday, where we dive deep into the most talked about cases. Your ratings and reviews mean the world to us. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, please take a moment to show your support. Every like, share, and review helps us continue bringing you compelling content. Until next time, stay safe out there.